0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the latest, the greatest audition of Nissan Vision. You're here with your host, Nick Munez. Today we've got Tyson Yonkaporta with Send Talk. Read it and weep. Is the modern way of life really as advanced as we think? Tyson wants to dismantle the linear Western thought. He wants to get rid of logic. We're going to be thinking spiritually today. Is uh, The modern world we're looking at from an indigenous point of view is the whole tagline for the book. I want to get inside the scalp of a Native American. Tyson was raised in Queensland, Australia. He's part of the indigenous tribe called the Bama, Roll Tide. I imagine since he's been relocated to a quarantine camp. I always uh, mistake my girlfriend for an Australian because of all the scary things in her bush. Common theme here, the purification of morals. The Enlightenment taught us that the further we get away from savagery, the closer we are to God. So following that line of logic, a kid in the metaverse tweaking some 3D tits is closer to God. Then a Native American on the top of the mountain named Peaceful Wind. Some shaman. Here's a better question. I've been thinking this a lot lately. Why do we do daylight savings? Who does this benefit? For half the year, the sun rises at 8 a.m. and it sets at 3 p.m. We're not saving anything. This is daylight procrastinating. If we didn't throw off our internal clock twice a year, people might actually get in touch with the cycles of the Earth. I know, cry me a river, right? Of course we're disconnected. Poyan We're going to be referencing documentaries today. What the fuck is daylight savings? <laughs> These people, they say, it's we do it because we save energy. We do it because we save energy, right? Here's an idea. Why don't you, like, charge people more for the energy they use? I'm already getting gouged by Excel here. There's conspiracies about that in Denver. Yeah, this is a company gone nuts. Why are we fucking with the cycle of the sun? You have to change the clocks twice a year? There's still not a good explanation. I don't know, I've been working 25-7 to come up with Daylight Savings Time jokes. Thanks to my current girlfriend. When we went through Daylight Savings Time, she thinks I lasted an hour and two minutes. Two minutes in bed. You know, of course life is more convenient with iPhones and toilet paper. But is it more ethical is the question for the day. Tyson, this guy is going to come at us with a bunch of well-balanced uh, quotes. Here's a taste before we get into it. That is not to say that all demotic innovations are benevolent. But if you listen to many voices and stories and discern a deep and complex pattern emerging, you can usually determine what is real and what has been airbrushed for questionable agendas or corrupted by flash mobs of narcissists more stories you hear if it could be uh, a hollywood movie or indigenous folklore there's a pattern of truth in all stories and tyson's saying he's going to try to share that with us today it's truly a lot of uh <laughs> expectations you're building there tyson there's a lot to live up to we're going to be right back after a word from our sponsors about the author tyson yankaporta Patreon.com slash the niche. That's the only thing I could think about. <laughs> brain fart. Instead of, uh, does Jimmy Proton's brother have brain farts instead of brain blasts? This was, That bombed on stage. So, yeah, you could use that, rip it off in a tweet. <laughs> Y'all know me too well. This was a Patreon.com uh, suggested episode. One of our listeners have been sending me books. Same with the Art of War this year this one right up my alley subscribe over there one doll hair and we're doing crazy things hikes, meme videos on the top of the month there's really nothing about Tyson online he's been living on a reservation half his life his LinkedIn says he's an author, academic, educator indigenous thinker, maker traditional wood carver arctic, critic, (laughs) researcher poet, what a douche it's a good book aboriginal you know the uh, it'd be funny if the aboriginals had their own linkedin the spear maker wants to connect with the adaladdle guild <laughs> crushing Native American humor much like the Oregon trail crushing he's now a lecturer in Victoria fun fact Australia's biggest export is boomerangs it's also their biggest import Boomerangs come back Alright we'll be back after another word from our sponsors Chapter 1 Send Talk The Porcupine and the Paleo Mind Started with a quote from Tyson I don't know why Stephen Hawking and others Have worried about super intelligent beings From other planets coming here And using their advanced knowledge to do the world What industrial civilization Has already done Civilization We are the aliens. I do this frequently. Go around your town, pretend that phones are alien technology. We're already slaves to the fucking technology. Tyson is doubling down on this unproven claim that humans only use part of their brains. He's saying you outsource it to your phone. We obviously don't develop the full brain. He's a neuroscientist now. We have the capacity for like trillions of neural connections Kids um, don't have the same internal clock as an aboriginal. That's his first thing. I remember that crazy study that put a blindfold on a Native American, put him on a merry-go-round, and then he was still able to tell which way is north. These motherfuckers are tapped into electromagnetic fields. It's wild. Next quote. Tyson says, In aboriginal Australia, our elders tell us stories, ancient narratives, to show us that if you don't move with the land... The land will move you. That's what that sounds like right there. If you don't move with the land, the land will move you. I'm looking for another quote here. Yeah, that one sucked. Time is moving on without you regardless. The stories that define our thinking today describe an eternal battle between good and evil springing from an originating act of sin. Yeah, original sin. That's why we have to get baptized and our dick skin cut off. But these terms are just metaphors for something more difficult to explain. A relatively recent demand that simplicity and order be imposed upon the complexity of creation. It's a pretty deep quote to put in three words. Order is neutral. You could use the original sin to make people nervous and shame and guilty all the time. But order is neutral. So like that other fucking Stephen Hawking. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to link those two points. Let's keep moving along. What are the odds that God looks exactly like um some fucking white grandfather was one of his points? I think that God is a hot chick. If God could take any form in the world of giant tits, Tyson goes on to say, Every civilization convinces themselves that they have it right. <laughs> We've read this in every single book. Books are fucking repetitive. We are different from the oligarchs of the past. <laughs> yeah, but the modern ones end up in democide. It's pretty cool to have different tribes. Also, that quote, he was going uh, over oversimplifying good and bad in order. <laughs> if we're going to lo- go quick, we're going to lose a lot of context. Of course, there's a bigger order in the universe. It's deeper than good-bad. Look at the chocolate chip aisle. They're (laughs) semi-sweet. That's the best one, right? Uh, I don't know. When you think in terms of black and white, some philosophers say your IQ drops by 15 points immediately. Tyson is telling us that that's all it is. (laughs) Yeah, natives are dumb because they don't have a Grubhub and Wi-Fi. But we're smart. It's much more intense. Tyson says there's a pattern to the universe and everything in it. And there are knowledge systems and traditions that follow this pattern to maintain balance. To keep the temptations of narcissism in check. Being removed from nature will get a motherfucker overconfident. You think nothing can kill you. Late chapter here. He's going deep on how speech is an imperfect form of communication. Visual people aren't as good at speech. They can draw and express themselves in different ways, which is the whole point of sand talk. They draw mandalas. So at the end of every chapter, there's this symbol that summarizes what he was talking about. Roman cultures, he's saying, they had a ranking system where you didn't even need to see or talk to people to know how high they were. It was called... The gall system. The gall on these people. Had this other joke that didn't go well. What is the gallbladder? I know I have a bladder. Is the gallbladder just this really irritated... Oh, it's a little bit too wobbid here. (laughs) The gallbladder? Come on! That shit's hilarious. Anyway, the gall system for the Romans. It was if you had short hair... Then you were a fucking plebe, and that's why Caesar had that dopey ass bowl haircut. They had this like a uh, mustache coat as well. <laughs> yeah, we still have this in the military. Hair Tyson is going is sacred, so I'll never shave it. Yeah, okay, cool, man. It's probably stinks. He's got those doohickey dreads. Doohickey dread. Doohickey dread. <laughs> End of the chapter, he drew the indigenous symbol for knowledge. And it's somehow the same in most figure-based languages. It was a circle with five prongs coming off of it. it kind of looks like a setting sun or a hand, very crude. And it's just weird. He went on for a while. The intuitive like, uh, thing of drawing brings all the Indians to this same conclusion. We learned in that Word Freak book, they all played Parcheesi together. You don't need to learn a certain language to play that fucking game. He says, One man tried going in a straight line many thousands of years ago and was called Wamba. Crazy. And punished for being thrown into the sky. This is a very old story, one of many, that tells us how we must travel and think in free-ranging patterns, warning us against charging ahead in crazy ways. Gotta remain dynamic while you're on your mission. Or just be modern and use a GPS. Let's go to chapter 2. Albino Boy. I ain't an albino. Tyson, he's uh, visiting one of the sites of the elders. It's basically Stonehenge in Australia. He was going, A white owl woman with fair skin and blonde hair who becomes a gubawarlo, or a clever woman, was eventually turned into a quartz stone. You thought uh, marble sculpting started with the Ninja Turtles in 500 B.C. Italy. Of course, marble sculpting is older than the Native Americans. I don't know what this allegory is about the quartz woman. They also had this thing where if you go between tribes as a woman and get caught, you uh, get exiled from both. So Tyson moves on. The place is alive. Every rock is animate and sentient. But in our world view, this is true of all rocks. <laughs> it was uh, rumored by the albino boy that they he carved the woman out of quartz. It's the same shit as Medusa. Everything was from Native Americans. <laughs> Another potential use Tyson was saying for this entire burial site. Far away. There is a secret cave with a miniature replica of the site built in a cave floor. People with the knowledge of how to work with the stones there are said to be able to travel between those sites in the blink of an eye. And these places are connected to stone arrangements all over the continent. This could be some, uh, ley line, some portal action we got going on here. I saved that deep stuff for the Patreon. Got another mysterious edition coming up in two weeks that'll really scratch this itch for everybody gonna move on with the sand talk concepts Tyson mid chapter kinda sleepy here he's talking about Gaudi chapels and that might be the most uh, close thing that the modern world has to an ancient site (laughs) because they're so awesome what if Gaudi was part of the Guadal system word play Tyson he's emphasizing here all three tribes would migrate here for like the solstice <laughs> so they did daylight savings this is like our Olympics they were warring tribes but they would get together once a year during the sun and uh, party we have like to fucking gangbang once in a while as fucking humans so we gotta have a place that's just harmonious Which doesn't exist. There's no Atlantis anymore. For this chapter, he had the fucking uh, drawing, the sand art. It was a henge-like symbol. Stonehenge. What else do we got here? A couple good quotes. Uh, He was talking about how dealing with crazy people in the modern world is much different than what they used to call those people uh, in their tribes... I don't know, watch that movie Midsomar. They would push you off a cliff or beat you over the head with a hammer. Tyson says it's much nicer. They have health care out in the bush. A combination of social fragmentation and lightning-fast communication today, however, means we have to deal with these crazy people alone. As individuals butting heads with narcissists. That's the third time he's dropped that word. He's on the suspected bored now. I'm putting the red yarn over to Tyson's picture. Narcissus! And they are thriving in the environment unchecked. Engaging with them alone is futile. Never wrestle a pig. As the old saying goes, you both end up covered in shit. That's a good one. The fundamental rules of human interaction do not apply to them, although they weaponize those rules against everyone else. He's already slipping into they, which we covered last week. Gotta go get get the full edition over on the Patreon. I'm getting too excited. The power leap. That was a good one. This is the best time in human history to be a sociopath. Let's liven up that quote a little bit. You could fucking con people halfway around the world from a call center. At this like Stonehenge The tribes would come together With their intentions all transparent Being lovey dovey Of course we gotta have that in the modern world That's what this whole book is about Fixing things (laughs) And in this chapter He had a kind of interesting thing It was about rocks again Because those rocks are Like people or something (laughs) Uh, He's going You can't take a, a rock home Otherwise, it's cursed, because rocks are supposed to stay in their place, and you're disturbing the natural order of that environment. What is this? Pet rocks we do in the Western world? We're giving every single one of our childs a curse. I had a pet rock. It was the only pet I ever had, and it still ran away. We're encouraging our kids to take home demonic spirits. It's gone in chapter 3. The first law started with his sand drawing. This time it was a flower. It's recognizable anywhere on earth. Maybe except for Russians. I don't think they have flowers over there. Eastern block. Brutish landscape. You have never seen a flower. Tyson, he's showing a flower drawing to a little girl. And he starts lecturing her on deep time. This fucking guy. You see, the flower's nutrients renew the cycle of the Earth. The girl is showing Tyson part of uh, the space-time continuing. He's never been in touch with the present. They start playing in the sandbox. That deserved a rim shot or something. They're uh, not in touch with the present like the kids are, is his whole point here. The first law, we're going to get Newtonian... Quote, in her kinship systems, every three generations there is a reset in which your grandparents' parents are classified as your children, an eternal cycle of renewal. (laughs) This is the uh, Alan Watts type of thing. You're telling moms that a 50-year-old Indian dude is climbing through their clown hole? This is the whole, you (laughs) kind of got to believe it for the show today reincarnation Tyson yeah he's fucking telling a little girl you're not an individual <laughs> you're a geezer reincarnated well technically we're all the same energy little girl what the fuck bro that's all the scientists at the university cheering him on I gotta start using that sound effect more and when I get preachy too yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's going into kinships and moving cycles. It's probably true. I know I'm taking the douche angle for this. Like, I usually get to be the fucking hippy-dippy one, but I got to play the straight man now. You probably do reincarnate as a dolphin. This guy is saying that your pod goes through soul cycles together. Hell yeah, baby. (laughs) These aboriginals, they, uh, They're thinking about the big law. What was that for the chapter? There's no word for places. They say that time is where that they will meet. (laughs) So they are in a very confusing state of nature. We can't meet on Main Street. (laughs) I guess they use coordinates. That's a space and time. Tyson says here, In our sphere of existence, adjusts glasses. our sphere of existence time does not go in a straight line and it is as tangible as the ground we stand on time isn't straight (laughs) time is everything I don't know why he's saying the earth is flat a sphere of existence this guy is on the fringe I did like the book (laughs) he's using all the same appeals to authority that like a a NASA scientist would (laughs) That's why I made the comparison here. It's whatever the tribe elder said. You know, that is what makes it true because he said so. So if I wanted to meet you on the moon, I would have to give you a fucking time because places don't exist. What is this? (laughs) The first law, Newton was going that uh, laws, uh, objects in motion stay in motion. Entropy. That's what all these fucking scientists get off on. In Tyson's language. I don't know. Is there a ancient equation for force equals mass times acceleration? Math is the only truth in the universe. End the episode. End in chapter three. Uh, is the kind of stuff that only makes sense if you're on psychedelics. <laughs> Quote. It's a long one. I'm inhaling. Every time you meet someone and establish your relationship to each other, you are bringing together multiple universes. There is no way to be an outside observer of this system. You have to place yourself within it in order to see three dimensions, and you must move around and connect within it in order to see multiple other dimensions. From the outside, it is just a flat image. I'll receive my theoretical physics award at harvard now the out from the outside it's a flat image so it is flat <laughs> here's an example if someone convinces you that you signed away your soul what's the difference he's talking about placing yourself within the dimension of the observer like if you're living as if you already sold your soul there is no difference nobody fucking occupies the same world view. So we're all having different experiences. It's getting too psychedelic. Scientists call this the uncertainty principle. Yeah, who's that guy uh, with the cat in the box? Fucking Schrodinger, the uncertainty principle. That's what Tyson decided to end the chapter on. It's a classic author cop-out. <laughs> we can't tell if the cat is alive or dead until we open the box. Erwin, Mr. Schrodinger, here's an idea. Shake the box and listen to it. There's other ways to find out if the cat is alive. It's not that the cat ceases to exist in this dimension. What the fuck? This is the highest level of physics and thought in the academic world we have. We don't know if the cat is in the box. Come get your Nobel Prize. Trust the science go to chapter 4 what was that one called first law yeah the drawing was uh, him talking to that little girl about the flower lines in the sand Tyson chapter 4 he's in New South Wales I farted I don't know if you just heard that this uh, New South Wales it's actually in the same province as Sydney which is in the opera house which is where I want to fart so I can hear this damn i was able to hit the soundboard as a punchline. we're getting there fast tyson big quote to start this one in the sand i draw lines to represent the scene laid out before us across the lagoon and beyond the three lines representing the liver the river Ah, The old, diseased... ah, The old, disused railway bridged and the newer highway bridged. But you can't really understand those unless you understand the different eras and economies that used each of them as part of a supply chain. Fucking, I'm ending the quote. (laughs) It's a long way to go for supply chain. That's the excuse for everything. Why is every Ozo coffee, everything, even fucking Starbucks and Dunkin' are closed... Because of the supply chain. It's the the lobby. You can still go give them your money through the drive-thru. Yeah, more long quotes. Location, location, location. That's kind of his point for this chapter here. Economies. I don't know. When I grew up, we would go to Indian flea markets. That's the closest I could relate these two things. Economies and the Indians. (laughs) They were on like interstate highways. You would pull over. There'd be all these dope rugs that smelled like cigarettes. Some people have never been to one. So I'm going to go talk about these for as long as I want. <laughs> they would fill up your car with buffalo oil. Like I grew up in New Jersey. We would cross over into Pennsylvania to see the the janky ass uh, alligator museums. Go shoot 50 Cal Barrettas. At these goddamn flea markets... You could buy tomahawks... You get your throwing stars... You get butterfly knives... You get your hidden blades... You get your bows... Your arrows... Your bowie knives... This shit was... I need to travel... Deep... Into the Arapahoe... And the Ute National Forest... And try to find some more of these... This is where your... Uh, childhood goes to die... I remember... But I still have these knives... Who came up with that term, Indian giver? Those people are the most generous. It was cheap, bro. Those places were awesome. You could buy fireworks. You know who the real Indian giver is? The government. <laughs> These motherfuckers, they would give Indians reservations and say, yeah, 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 you could set up your flea markets and whatever you want on our highways. Oh, wait, no, you can't anymore. <laughs> So you got to set it up and break it down as soon as the cops come. It's bullshit. Indian giving. That's a great uh, scapegoat. You're the Jew. Some Nazi shit. All these reservations have, like, highways with tolls going through them. (laughs) Yeah, but you can't do business on our roads. We learned in that running book how Native Americans think that concrete is cursed. They think it's like a prison. Once you step foot onto the asphalt, you descend. All these pit stops in New Jersey. It was the shit, man. My town was called Parsippany after the Parsippanons. We were bought to fucking—I bought a bullwhip. I already talked about that. Good thing our school's mascot was a fucking Viking. That shit was straight imperialism in a town that was named after massacred Indians. (laughs) The Indians, they love being portrayed as the Redskin. If you go talk to, like, the Seminole tribe, they're hype about the war chant, the tomahawk. Nah, we gotta act like the Redskins is offensive. Offense football joke. I need to start working on my fucking time machine, dude. Got to go back to 1840s, the Western Front. If I ever disappeared, no, that's what happened to me. (laughs) Time machine working. Tyson, he's talking about South Wales, the aboriginals. They took refinances from the government. And so, uh, yeah, they got worked over by lawyers. (laughs) You know, imminent domain laws. That's really fair to come at some Indian chief with. Thou cannot hunt on this land anymore because I am the warden of all existing wildlife. <laughs> Just because you made a law about something doesn't mean it's ethical. And he had a couple of good points here about in South Wales. They had ATVs and jet skis. And then it was pointless once the uh, government came around and started checking for a uh, licenses oh you got a license for that and the runoff from the highways would muddy all their rivers the saddest story ever i think we should start giving more control to these people that sounds like the answer right the symbol that tyson was drawing for this chapter it was literally a line in the sand (laughs) it was a lightning bolt but he was like this is our line in the sand Yeah, man. Go watch those old uh, documentaries to sum up all these points. The third one kind of stinks, but it's still uh, got audio by Philip Glass. He does all the piano. It's sad. I don't know, man. One day our cities are going to be abandoned, just like he portrays and all those things. That Native American Stonehenge. It's still an active ground, we don't I don't know what's our oldest city, probably like Beijing or something like that, and it's nowhere near as old as these natives. You could take your road somewhere else. What does it bring us alcoholism? I don't know get your uh go watch Baraka and all those other documentaries and buy your microscospiet swabs from Ibui. Chapter 5 Romanticizing the Stone Age. i just bought up some of my favorite cinema, and this chapter kind of sucks as I overview it. <laughs> Philip Glass was a legend. You know who else is a legend? Wernard Herzog. And in my favorite documentary of his is Happy People. This is about Shia LaBeouf playing a penguin, and he goes on the road with John Heater. And they go to a surfing competition. Wait, wait, wait. That was Happy Feet. Fuck, no. That was Surf's Up. (laughs) Happy Feet was like the Robin Williams one where he's a dancing fucking (laughs) penguin. Happy People. This was pretty good. It's about professional trappers off-grid in Russia. It was some wild story about the Soviet Union... At the end of the Cold War, they just dropped off a uh, bunch of people into the woods. It's this area called the Taiga. It's the size of America, and it's in the middle of Russia. And it was completely uninhabited by humans. Fucking, gotta take a sip of something here. My mouth is watering at the a United States-sized untouched swath of land. They gave these men chainsaws Why you thought that you would come back in a year and that everything would be deforested these men used what they need and they told them dropped them off in like October they said December we're going to come back and give you rations nobody came back a lot of the men did die and then you got twice as much land they were given 5 square miles so you had at least 10 with the amount of men that were dropping dead no rations, only the real guys made it. Complete test of uh, craftsmanship and engineering. To clap for myself, because I don't have any quotes or jokes lined up. Uh, yeah, so they talked about seasonal depression. That's why it was called Happy People. And so these people would have like their own hibernation period. That's part of humans. You actually do need to rest for part of the year. Two weeks during the holidays isn't exactly enough the chainsaw was the thing I was trying to bring up that was the most liberating tool for these guys they were able to willingly come back some of the men did escape but then when they had the chainsaw they started bringing their wives into the taiga and so they were making skis with the chainsaws and shit, it's a wild documentary how many fucking moose meese, do you think you could take on if you had a chainsaw Dude, you don't need a gun or anything. Chainsaw is dope. You could do the work of ten men. I don't know, you would think, like, seriously, this place would look like shit. But with the Native American cultures overall, the most unattractive quality is greed. We've learned about this, or we're doing some more of the Anzazi on the Patreon page, deeper, Mysterious Tribes. But all these motherfuckers be thinking that greed is the most unattractive. You get excommunicated if you take more than you need. And the taiga, they're not living tooth and nail. They always keep at least a winter's worth of onions and some other root it was in their cellar. Some onions. These people smell like babushka. Yeah. Uh, they wore funny ass clothes too. It was coming up. Uh, I remember there was just like a kid in a blazer. It was a business blazer. And he was in a canoe fishing. Didn't matter to them. They're wearing uh, the Browns Super Bowl win t shirts. It'll never happen. You could take a man off his plot, but you can't take the plot out of a man. Mm, always plotting. I'm gonna end it on that high note. Let's go to chapter six, Lemonade for Headaches. Tyson talking about duck hunting in this chapter. I once fucking saw a lake. I don't know if I have any videos I could chop in. Fuck no. This is the middle of a YouTube video. Uh there were ten thousand geese going over Lake Wanaka. I call it Lake Wakanda. It's fucking beautiful. Look it up. It's a uh wildlife like sanctuary it's just a point that all of them come to it was weird 10000 gee you you've never seen it it was loud foul season hunting wise in colorado 40 days long good thing that <laughs> there's an infestation of fucking thanksgiving turkeys everywhere my mouth is watering every time i see a flock go overhead it's an infestation what is with these weird Daylight savings. You only have 40 days to hunt. Hurry. We fucking massacre these animals in short ass periods of time. Is that really the most efficient way to control nature? I don't know, man. (laughs) I've been thinking about this a lot recently. We have a fucking prairie dog infestation, especially in lowland Colorado, and some of the prairie dogs like bite people. Uh, They're aggressive, bro. I'm gonna open a restaurant. Called prairie dogs. And it's just hot dogs made of prairie dog meat. That's fucking delicious, right? I'm going to put guacamole on it. Might as well call it guac dogs. Baby, hot dogs are fucking awesome. And I'm going to go harvest prairie dog meat. (laughs) My point is the fucking obscurity of these hunting laws. They trained ferrets in Colorado to go out and kill prairie dogs. We let the populations get out of control and then massacre them with wild weasels. What is this? We read the coyote book, we gave them strychnine, and they turned into zombie coyotes. We tried to carpet bomb the coyotes. (laughs) Like, uh, bureaucracies are treating their cattle the same way. We're being herded into fucking mass casualty through lab outbreaks. Yeah, I know I just jumped to the shark, but... What the fuck are all these rituals? In a way, farmers are doing more to accelerate the demise of humanity than hunters are. I'm taking a stand against the vegan YouTube commenters here. What the (laughs) fuck? Farmers are more dishonest than hunters. The animals out in the wild, they got a fair chance at survival. You versus me, motherfucker. Animals on a farm? Oh, I eat from Old MacDonald Farmer every single day. And then one day, he lines up a piston to my brain. Those fucking farmers are psychotic. Hunters are out there on a fair playing field. <laughs> Vegans should be mad at, a. Uh, you're lying to your cow, you know? The animals have emotions too, That's a real-ass story. We're training weasels to kill prairie dogs. We got the Coliseum of Marsupials out there. Vegans, why don't you take a stand for that? (laughs) Nah, steak is evil. Crackpot fucking legislation out here. I don't know, man. Why don't we just hire somebody? (laughs) I would gladly go out there with a .22 rifle and pop prairie dog heads all day. God forbid somebody enjoys their job (laughs) I would go deeper on this If we were under the cover of Patreon The fact that one agency thinks it can control all of nature Should be enough evidence That uh, these fucks think they're God We we got a quote here Anybody who has small children or works with them Will be familiar with the qualities of an undomesticated mind it is wild and unschooled, teeming with the innate knowledge unprocessed. Hell yeah, dude. The tiger doc, they would uh, like breed dogs to hunt. And if they didn't breed the dogs, they would be able to go sniff out other things and have other uses. I don't know. What I find interesting is that you could like teach a child any language, multiple languages. I'm a white person. I could have been raised Chinese. I could have... Smelt like noodles all the time. Unabashed racism. That thing where people wake up uh, from comas and they're speaking different languages. My point here is neuroplasticity. <laughs> it goes so much deeper than we think. And there are natural cures out there in the bush that enhance neuroplasticity. A couple more quotes before we end how do animals know migrational roots have never individually experienced before? How does a woman intuitively recover a weaving technique that disappeared centuries ago? Bitches know how to weave baskets. It's in their DNA. Why are chicks picking up knitting things? I think it's because they want to stab you. Is it really be he- healthy to be suppressing all of our intuitions? Let your wife knit. Knits nonfiction. I want to hear Sam Harris, the ultimate scientist. This fucking guy. I'm Sam Harris. I have a fuckable wife. (laughs) I want to hear Sam Harris try to explain a eureka moment. You know, when your brain lights up, you feel like you just received a message. No, Sam Harris. Correct. Everything is predetermined. Even you wanting to bang Annika, my wife. Knits nonfiction. I hate that guy's voice. It's so boring, too. Whew. Here's Tyson's take on why puritanical countries like America have to put in our fucking Henry Ford workweek. Even though there's food and chaga, all these fucking edible things, dockweed, all around us. <laughs> he goes. The Protestant work ethic developed from the theories of a powerful clergy. Any time not spent at work or prayer was a chance for the devil to enter a person and whisper evil. So tell me we're not following some backwards ass logic in civilization. We're all fucking following God logic. What's that saying? Idle hands are the devil's plaything? That's bullshit. (laughs) Like, it's when you're idle that your mind expands. (laughs) I'm heavily considering subsisting off a prairie dog meat. You can hear my voice living in an old fucking barn. Tyson, long-ass quote here, giving you your free ad dollars worth. We still endure longer work hours than our roles require today for reasons of social control rather than productivity. It's difficult to find the mental space to question systems of power when we're working eight hours, than trying to lift heavy weights that don't need lifting, or pedaling bikes that go nowhere for an hour so we don't die of a heart attack from being stuck a third of our lives in physically restrictive workspace. This guy's got some spite. We sleep for another third of our lives, although not if we have small children. Then the rest is divided between the life maintenance tasks, commuting and using the few remaining minutes to connect with loved ones, if we still have any. Goose meat ain't sounding too bad now, is it? I'll get a third of your life sleeping, a third of your life working, and a third of your life decompressing life. (laughs) The name of the chapter was Lemonade for Headaches. You don't need ibuprofen because that's inflaming your capillaries more. What you need is some fucking time off. Two weeks, a winter, that hibernationary period we were talking about. Work is overloading everybody. Have some fucking lemonade. Come over to my place for prairie dog meat. (laughs) That's going to end it. Chapter 7, second to last. Immovable meets irresistible. Clearly, we got two ways of life here that aren't symbiotic. The natural way and the new way. Who is going to budge? The Oregon Trail. That answers that. Tyson says, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Tyson didn't say that. Newton did. Ah, but somewhere in between action and reaction, there is interaction. And that's where all the magic and fun lies. Alan Watts. The native word for this concept is Nagokgwab. I gave that my all. <laughs> it refers to the brackish water of a delta. And he's going the in-between. Yeah. Who cares? Being able to find where like two opposites intersect. That's what it's all about. And Tyson thinks that. Having no word for hello is healthy. Having no way to specify a place a time and a place to meet is healthy. I mean, this has got two diametrically opposed humans. Of course, <laughs> everybody has parts of both. But uh, he's saying we are the aliens. He's putting us in the crazy box now. You got to have a compelling book. If you're talking about like a nonverbal communication he is for the beginning of this chapter if you wave at a bear it knows how to wave back I've seen the videos on YouTube what is that Russian CGI you're not fooling me language is intuitive that's why I bought up all that coma shit before it was to bring up the mood you've got to uh you got to get it moving Bears, you gotta keep waving to bears, feeding them honey. (laughs) I'm not gonna buy a bear box. This is kind of an outdoor episode. If you want to camp in this state, you're supposed to buy this special canister for $70 to keep your. I'll get eaten by the bear. Okay, let me take the risk. $70, fuck off. Bears, nonverbal communication. I watched the new Sunny season recently. Came out like three months ago. Still worth it. Uh it wasn't that good. <laughs> Nothing's as good as it used to be, dude. I'm only twenty five and it all stinks. <laughs> it only gets better. Um it's the new season, Charlie Day, he could speak Gaelic when he's drunk. Yeah, that's funny and all. I feel like uh Dennis's methods of seduction that shit is pretty hilarious and he was saying that the way that you uh, get laid with a millennial is you repeat their neurosynapses all that shit we were talking about before he was saying um, (laughs) what this chick was going yeah we just need to destroy the patriarchy you know what we need to destroy the patriarchy people love to be uh echoed back what they just said Tyson said he's going uh, changes and transformations occur this way dynamic systems of culture even languages evolve over time through these interactions yeah so who's going to come to who should we have to learn how to draw in the sand or can they take phonics and all this stuff we already have laid out for them (laughs) why do we have to live together that's a better question Tyson Separation is bad. Oh, separate societies. That's racist. We could have the strongest communes that we want, and it doesn't have to be based on Karl Marx's communist economic model. Another dingus way to end the chapter up here. Something I did like from this book was he said the aboriginals should do their own Brexit. Fuck yeah, bro. Why don't the Indians, they already have their reservations, fortify Put up mines along the perimeter, set up an iron dome defense system for aerial attacks, and secede. Everyone on Earth should do a Brexit. (laughs) We would be unstoppable. Chapter 8, the final one, which way? I really talk like that. Which way would whey taste best? I stopped drinking whey. I was taking it every day for like six months, and my pee was getting thick. (laughs) They say your kidneys shut down. You can laugh at my pain, it's okay. This is what I sounded like, peeing. (laughs) Passing kidney rocks because of whey protein. Tyson's got a quote to start this one out for us. My idea was to create indigenous knowledge centers all around Australia where Aboriginals and islander people could gather thinkers and knowledge keepers together and grapple with solutions to the world's sustainability issues. Oh, he's such a good person. It's the end of the book. It's time to save the planet. Here's a more fun recommendation than fucking Australian government. Go watch Field Days on YouTube. You ever uh, heard of these guys? There's all these Australian crocodile dundies out there with a million followers on YouTube. That one, uh, yeah, Field Days is a good one. He's pretty authentic. He's obviously an alcoholic, but it's funny. He spends a night in a raft and all that type of shit. And he fucking, like, went to Taiwan (laughs) during all of their Australian authoritarianism. He got a Taiwanese wife. He's the king of killing mud crabs. It's a good watch. And then there's the hype king. That guy's young blood. It's funny shit, bro. He's got hot chicks in bikinis and drones going up while they hunt lobsters. That's what you should be doing with your life. I mean, what the fuck is... Yes. We're going to read some good uh, books about maximizing your life. But real <laughs> Tyson he's talking about uh some more bullshit. What if Tyson started a YouTube channel? It would be indigenous people eating human hearts. The final stand mandala for the book. it was a paw in a circle, kind of like how we started a circle with a paw coming out. And he's saying this one is supposed to symbolize our furry friends. All of the foxkin, all of the furries. <laughs> if we kill all of the bears, then there's too many deers. If we kill all the deers, there's no grass. You know, all the basic. If a mouse ate a cookie, it's symbiosis. Rather than killing off the competition, you got to try to collaborate with the other young bloods, the other fucking crocodile Dundees. Who's that fisherman? Outdoor chef life. He's collaborating with all those other Pacific Northwestern people. You know, that's what you love to see. Symbiosis. Yeah, Tyson, he's talking about dingoes. We already learned about that in the Fear of Nature book. (laughs) Spun it into freezing your pee into Frisbees. Pee discs. Hell yeah, baby. Knowledge. Interesting style. He says, "We're not fucking not a good quote there. What was I thinking about here? Um YouTube, yeah, just more of those comparisons. It's owned by Alphabet, which is owned by Google, which is financed by the CIA. I think it's funny that on YouTube, this is a patreon style bit." on YouTube uh, it's definitely silly that all of this outdoor shit is taking off because you supposed "Mm, indubitably when we make YouTube and pay for all of this server space how is everybody just allowed to upload for free infinite hours who is supplementing that alphabet (laughs) which is I don't need to say it again It's ironic, to say the least, that instead of a video game streaming, all of this Australian outdoorsy type of living is getting big. No, we didn't pay for all of this for these cattle to be reconnecting with nature. They're going to undomesticate. Back to YouTube vanilla. End of the chapter. I said if we want to, like try to save this thing, we gotta have another constitutional congress, maybe just start over from scratch Tyson is saying, after he's educating the youth of Australia I'm gonna teach strippers how to read, he goes, the first step of respect is aligned with values and protocols of introduction, setting rules and boundaries this is the work of your spirit your gut (laughs) I'm crying. He's so deep. He kind of looks like a uh, Jason Momoa motherfucker. So you have zero sympathy for him. (laughs) It's a good book. Have we learned anything over the past two years? The weak-willed ruin everything. He's saying listen to your gut. Not listen to your TV. Fuck your gut. (laughs) It's not Joe Biden telling me that I have to still... Put a mask on at a store. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's not the TV. It's the people that really believe that shit. This is a dark turn I usually don't like to take. But it's true. The sheep are as bad as the rulers because they enforce the decrees. Being stupid isn't really an excuse in an age where you have unlimited information in your pocket. You know, if the fucking... Game warden wants to wait for a mass hole. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, in your own hands to get outside of the thinning herd. I don't know. I'm not saying hunt down your own pro. <laughs> Never mind. Tyson is always like saying the same thing, essentially. Let's get prepared before things get out of hand. It's true. Democide, as I said in the first chapter. Which way? Immovable force meets unstoppable object? Immovable... No, no, no. Unstoppable force always wins. Hands down. Because immovable object can be obliterated. If a comet comes towards a mountain, the force always wins. We know after fucking 200 pages of this pseudoscience, it's a good book, separate supply lines are the fix. Like he's saying, we gotta separate it so not too many people die uh yeah canada taught us a thing or two let's start by uh running everybody off the road who has a coexist bumper sticker that shit is annoying he says my hope is that every day we can find law under the one law of the land shut up that'll really bring us together let's start running these fucking hippies off the road Ladies and gentlemen, that was Tyson Peruta's Send Talk. Licks. this is usually what my brain tells my mouth. It can turn off. Not yet, slippery tongue. Next week, we have, ladies and gentlemen, a good addition, a fun one, a big one, Jerry Hopkins is bringing No One Here Gets Out Alive. It's our April-themed edition, revitalizing. We're hitting the road, this time with The Doors. More so, it's a biopic about Jim Morrison. I'm trying to learn about the allure, how the power of music can mind-warp a generation. And, uh, yeah, Thanks again to everybody who's suggesting books out there. That's going to be a really fun one next week. Definitely don't miss it. And join over there. Top tier is only like three bucks. You're getting the entire Library of Congress. Harry Schwant on Instagram, a topical meme every single night. What? It's a free laugh. What are we talking about here? I'm looking for a soundboard effect to take us out this week. Why are you calling me? I'm right. Why? That's the story of my life on this show. And I deserve it. Week after week. Either be funny or get booed for telling the truth. And I'm failing to bridge the gap. (laughs) This has been another edition of Nick's Dodd Fiction. I am your host, Nick Munez. Thank you to the listener for real. I'll see you guys in seven short days. Love you all. Peace.